0: Um, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I wanted to come in for a second to uh, say hello. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome you to Dr. BoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. Uh, this is a space for people that want to think. Uh, this is a space for people that want to uh, actually find solutions. Um, if you if you're a person that likes to complain, uh, then this is not the place for you. Uh, If you're a person who um, likes to go in circles, uh, I'm not good for you either because uh, I'm a person that likes to figure out how do we solve a problem. Um, I'm not a person that likes to sit and just kind of have the same problem over and over again uh, like we've had for a long time. And so today I want to talk about white supremacy. Um, So I titled this video, White Supremacy 101, and I wanted to focus on white supremacy and racism and the things that, that media isn't telling you about white supremacy, um, I, I kind of I see the terms terms being thrown around a lot, and uh, you guys know I thought about this this quite a bit, and um, I'm not I'm not the be all end all authority. Uh, you're welcome to disagree; that's totally okay. But what I want to challenge you on is to understand that whatever it is that you think uh, is the right solution for black people, whether it's political or otherwise, um, that solution has not worked. Now uh, I know you guys you, you can't you can't hear me on Instagram. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and um shut shut my Instagram down. My Instagram's the real voice Watkins. I don't know why it's not why the audio's not working. But uh, I- anyway, so um so here's the deal. So when you talk about white supremacy and all that stuff, let me know if you can hear me. Give me a yes or no if you can hear me in the chat. I want to make sure you can hear me. Okay. All right. So um so let me let me jump in and uh, and w- w- let's have this white supremacy racism conversation. Uh, because I, I really think that you're being misled on on an epic scale, um, and uh, part of the reason that you're being misled on what white supremacy looks like and how to respond to it is because the the people that are using the term white supremacy the most and triggering you with the, with that term are white supremacists themselves. Uh, you know, in terms of people that uh, that really um, don't really want you to think for yourself, they don't really want you to actually solve the problem. They kind of want you stuck in a loop. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, I, I have a personal pet peeve. I get really frustrated when I'm stuck in a loop and uh, not able to uh, make progress. So first of all, let's start with a basic uh, question I want to ask you. Uh, give me a yes or no if you feel that black people are kind of stuck in a loop, meaning uh, economically. Uh, if you look at data that shows that economically we haven't moved forward in the last 50 years, right? Uh, you know, every election we're, we're kind of told the same things about all the Republicans are racist and the Democrats are wonderful, and 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 you know we got people that take the lead, they 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 get the throne over and over again, kind of playing the same game. Uh, give me a yes or no if you agree that we've been stuck in a loop. I, I kind of need us to start the, the conversation with certain assumptions so that. Uh, as people get triggered and they get mad, because that's what black folks—that's what we're trained to do. We're trained to just get pissed off at anybody that says something different. Uh, I just need you to understand that. And, and, and if you—if you don't think we're stuck in a loop, like if you think it economically we're just doing wonderfully and we're advancing at on an epic scale, because you know, the Democratic Party has been so wonderful to black people, then I, I'm not really your guy. You know, maybe you can go to another platform. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Roland Martin or somebody will tell you some things that'll make you feel better. Uh, I'm not here really to make you feel better. I'm actually here to solve a problem. So, uh, so that, so, okay. So a lot of you agree. Okay. Thank you, Kevin and Danny, et cetera. Now uh, let me, let me kind of, uh, kind of jump in. I'm, tonight I'm going to be on the air with uh, Willie D and uh, Willie D is my friend and we, um we don't, we may not agree on everything, but I like Willie D. I consider him to be an ally, and uh, and and so. But I wanted to have some of this conversation about white supremacy directly with you, so we could talk about this and kind of what this means and what's going on. Um, I've heard the term white supremacy used uh, a lot in reference to what happened on the Capitol. Um, you know, and what happened on the Capitol is very unfortunate. Uh, I I think that what confuses me about what happened on the Capitol is uh, I just really am having a hard time figuring out how um, the Capitol. Which is not a regular building. The Capitol's not—you know—it's not like they attacked Des Moines, Iowa. The Capitol's one of the most heavily fortified, heavily defended places on Earth. So uh, I couldn't understand exactly why the Capitol, which is right down the street from the Pentagon, if I'm not mistaken, or not too far from the Pentagon, could be attacked so easily by people that seem to not even have any sort of sophisticated weaponry or the ability to do that kind of infiltration, right? Um, You know, we got this multi-trillion-dollar military and this multi-trillion-dollar military who was right down the street, by the way, they were right down the street, could not come and defend the Capitol. That is something I'll never know the answer to. Uh, We can speculate on it, but I just kind of thought it would be important to throw that out there. But that's a side note. But let's talk about white supremacy. I've heard that term used in reference to what happened on the Capitol. And, uh, And I'm not here to tell you that about the individuals who did it. I am not Um, uh, I, am not here to defend, uh, what they did or to defend them as individuals because I don't know them. And, uh, and I'm, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I wasn't part of that siege. I wouldn't have been part of it. I had other things I wanted to do that day. And so, but what I will talk about is the way that term white supremacist is often used to kind of identify blackness, co-identify blackness with what you saw, uh, you know, at, at the Capitol. Um, I will say that I didn't see uh, people saying, you know, we're going to attack the Capitol because uh, because we don't like black people. Um, I saw them saying, uh, we we thought Trump won the election, so we're mad about that, so we're going to go attack the Capitol because we think Trump won the election, right? Uh, and, and, and so so, but 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 again, let's get away from defending the people who did this thing. I'm not here to do that. Let's talk specifically about white supremacy and what that means. Like, and, and I'll give you my perception of what white supremacy ultimately means. White supremacy. Which is linked, uh, you know, pretty closely to a term called racism. Uh, racism is a system that is designed to put uh, white people ahead of black people, right? White people ahead of pretty much anybody who's not white, right? So that's what racism is. Racism is a system. It's not. It's not somebody who doesn't like black people or get, you know, or, or thinks you, you know, you their purse or, uh, you know, gets mad or calls you the n word at the grocery store. Racism is systematic. So white supremacy to me is the idea that uh that white people deserve better treatment than black people. That white people are better, right? Superior, supreme, that they are supreme, superior to you uh and that they deserve something that you know things that you don't uh deserve. Now uh, is that real? Does that happen? I, I do believe that that's the case. I believe that there are millions of people who believe in white supremacist ideology, who believe white people deserve this and black people deserve that. Maybe if you go to the hospital, the white the, 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 the white doctor is going to treat the white patients different from the black patients. Um, or maybe uh, in media, uh, white superiority is kind of present, right? You know, they, they control media. They feel they should control it and they feel that you shouldn't control it. So, so I, I get all of that. I get all of that for sure. Now, what I want to throw at you, though, is a couple of ideas that, that you may not hear on uh, CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News. I don't know. I don't even watch Fox, but I doubt that they would agree with this completely either. But here's what here's here's the thing. I think that where we're making a mistake on white supremacy is by believing that white supremacist ideology, the, the idea that whites deserve something better and superior to blacks, is only held by by people on the right wing. That it's only a, a that, that, that conservative hillbilly uh, with the Confederate flag on his truck, with the pickup, with the shotgun on the back, that wearing the cowboy boots, that he's the only one that can actually buy into a white supremacist ideology. Uh, I can tell you, as a guy who worked, I worked right next to Ice Cube when Ice Cube was doing his thing with the with the last election. I mean, you know, when he went on CNN and did that interview, when CNN, at first they canceled him, then they brought him back. And after he, they brought him back, you know, we talked again. We talked a couple times that day. And uh, one of the things that, that we... Were, were consistently confused by, it. not confused. I wasn't confused by it. I, I, I think he might've been, I don't know. But one of the things that's interesting about it was that a lot of the, um, the 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 negative reaction that he received for asking for something from black people didn't really come so much from the Republicans because the Republicans were trying to get black votes. They were willing to pretty much give, give whatever to, to get black people to, to support them. Uh, it was the Democrats. The Democrats were the ones who said, uh, we don't want to talk to you. Uh, boy, we have no need to address you. We we don't we we don't need you at all because we've already got black people locked down. We got black people, you know, we, we're able to buy the black vote for nothing. Uh so why would you why would we pay for a commodity that is free? Right. That was the uh reaction that I saw uh from the Democratic side. And I think that's surprising for a lot of people because they would think that you think that your friends are the ones that are gonna step up for you when actually uh that's not always the case. So uh, the, the idea of white supremacy is not something that is uh, just on the right. I, I'm not going to say that the Republicans, I'm not here to let Republicans off the hook or to tell you what to think about Republicans. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but I'm here to help you understand that this is not a that the racism or, or, or white supremacist ideology or the idea that white people deserve something better than black people. That's a bipartisan issue. That's they're in bipartisan agreement that black people deserve to be in the dumpster. Give me a yes or no on this question. I'm going to ask you a simple question. So because some people get triggered by this, they get very angry because they've been trained to defend, um, the, you know, that liberal side so much. Uh, let me ask you this. You have a lot of cities that have been run by Democrats for a very long time. Uh, black people have consistently voted for the Democrats, uh, have black people advanced economically due to Democratic leadership. Uh, is there any measuring stick you can show me that black people that shows black people are doing dramatically well, much better economically now because they've supported Democrats for all these years? Is there anything out there that will say that you're doing better? Um, well, the, the answer is no. Uh, if you look at uh, black wealth, black wealth is, is dropping uh, the Democrats won't even say the word reparations. Uh, pay attention. Ask yourself: How many black politicians, including uh, in the Dem- Democratic Party, including the, like I said, the black and white ones, how many of them have been talking consistently about reparations, specifically for the descendants of slaves? Do they feel if they now? Pay attention now. I need you to add. Need, I'm gonna ask you some hard questions. This is this is logic. Logic runs uh, in contrast to emotion. That's why a lot of people get upset or a lot of people will ignore someone like me because it's easy to get mad at someone like me. But I, but I need you to ask, ask this question. Um, uh, if someone is your friend, if somebody is really not a white supremacist, right? if somebody really believes black people deserve uh, what we deserve, would that person have any problem paying reparations to black people for slavery? Why would a person, think about this, a person who refuses to pay reparations to black people for slavery is no better than a Holocaust denier. They're they're, they're just slavery deniers. Because if you know slavery happened, then you know know black people got robbed. Give me a yes or no. Did black people get robbed during slavery? Did we lose wealth during slavery? Give me a yes or no. I'm asking basic questions to get basic answers so we can come to a basic conclusion that helps us to uh, understand what has become a complex idea, right? Did black people lose wealth because of slavery and Jim Crow and mass incarceration and the Middle Passage going back hundreds and hundreds of years? Yes or no? Have Black people lost wealth because of slavery? Good. So if the answer is yes, that we lost wealth during slavery, you would expect that any group of people who say, no, we're not the white supremacists, they are, that that group who says that we're not the white supremacists, like call them the anti-white supremacists, you would think the anti-white supremacists would be the first ones to say, we believe you should be compensated and we will compensate you now. We will make sure that that's taken care of. Right? Okay. Given that that's our, the case, um, have you seen this from the Democratic Party? Have, has, has the Democratic Party made reparations into a leading issue in their party? Have, has Kamala Harris said, you know what, we, we need to, sp- to specifically ensure that we address Black people uh, in order to uh, make things right, make things whole. Show them that we see them as our equals, that we do not celebrate white supremacy over here. Right. Exactly. So so what What my, my point is to say that white supremacy, if you want to call it that, right, or racism, whatever you want to call it, that's bipartisan. That's coming from both the Democrat and Republican parties. And the, and the reason I had to make that point is because I see the white supremacists when, when a white supremacist is constantly saying, look at those white supremacists over there, that's kind of terrible. That's like a thief saying, "That negro keeps stealing your money." And and the thief has his money in his hand in your pocket the whole time. They're robbing you while they're constantly pointing over at the at somebody else and saying, "He's stealing your money. He's stealing your money." Uh that that's a con game. That but but it works on it works on people who aren't that smart. Or people who uh, live in fear, or people who uh, have bad habits. That that, that they, that, that, you know, maybe it's too uncomfortable to break a bad habit. I don't know, but it's very, very frustrating for for people who actually have intelligence who can actually add two plus two. Um, the other here's the other thing about white supremacy that they won't talk about on CNN or MSNBC or anywhere else is that. You know, when you think about white supremacy, again, the, the belief, the fundamental core belief that white people are superior to black people, that white people deserve something better than you, right? That they deserve to live better. They deserve more money. They deserve more preference over you. It's a myth in my view to believe, you know, I told you before, it's, it's a myth to believe that only Republicans are white supremacists. We just proved that Democrats and Republicans are white supremacists, but also uh, it's a myth to believe that only white people can be white supremacists. It, you know, if you consider the idea that white people, uh, that, that white supremacy is driven by this this belief that white people matter more than black people. Well, I see a lot of white supremacy uh, coming from black people. Uh, I you know think about this: if you sit around and you're constantly wondering or constantly upset over what white people think about you, as if their opinions are gold, as if the, you know what that toothless redneck, this, this toothless hillbilly who came up from Tennessee who can't spell his mama's name. He drove up in the pickup truck and he says, I'll hype. I don't like them, them, they blackies. I don't like black people, right? And you get fired up. You get pissed off. Like you want, you so mad, you can't stop crying and you pissed off, you punching the wall. You ready to take off work. You ready to slap your wife because because of what some toothless, ignorant hillbilly from the backwoods of Tennessee said about you. Well, why wouldn't that make you a white supremacist? Like why why is it that, that, that you will listen to what he said about you but then, not pay any attention to what I might say to you. I, I might tell you and explain something to you and say, that, you know, that white supremacy is, is, is shaped like this. Uh, here's how you build wealth, et etc. You don't want to hear all that. You get mad at me, or you get mad at Ice Cube because Ice Cube says uh, I, I that black people deserve something. But yet, you will spend your whole day being triggered and angry over what some, you know, some ignorant hillbilly said about you uh, up at the Capitol somebody that don't even know you somebody that doesn't even matter somebody that's not paying your bills somebody that has no 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 relevance in your life whatsoever but you're upset like you're you're walking around obsessed over what you know a so-called white supremacist said about you but you won't even listen to your own people you don't want to listen to intelligent black people out here that are trying to help you understand how to succeed in life you won't listen to intelligent black people that actually want to lift you up you won't listen to people who tell you that you are special, that you are unique, that you are extraordinary, that you don't need their approval in order for you to be somebody. You'll ignore all of that, Also, you can pay attention to what some white guy said who doesn't even know you. Well, why in the world would that not make you a white supremacist? White supremacy is driven by the idea that they matter more than you do. White supremacy is driven by the idea that their opinions matter more than our opinions. White supremacy is driven by the idea that their voice matters more than our voice. So so when you give more attention to what they think about you than you give to what you think about yourself, then that makes you a white supremacist. It's no different from, it, from, a, from a, a, a 13-year-old who spends all their time being worried about what some other kid thinks about them at school. You have elevated that person. You, you have made that kid. If my, if my daughter were to ever say something like that to me, I'd say, why does that person matter? What should matter is what you think about yourself. Because a person, you ever see a person who's really self-confident, you ever see a person who really just knows that they're the shit, who really loves themselves, like, and you can't tell them no different? That that person will never—they they won't even hear you if you if you throw out a criticism. You say something negative, they're like, "Whatever, I don't care," because because in their mind, they've established a type of supremacy that says, "Well, my opinion of me is what matters more than anything else." So you can think of whatever you want about me. Like, like, do you think that when the um when the LA Lakers beat the Miami Heat? Uh, do you think that LeBron James was sitting around with his wife saying, "Baby, I'm just mad cuz well, them them Miami Heat, they won't they won't give us no respect. They don't like us. They keep, they called me a name. They told me that, that my chin was big and that uh, that that my hair is balding. These these damn these damn uh, Miami Heat supremacists. They 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 just they just they just burned me up. They made me mad. No, he didn't care. He didn't care. He said, I'm, "We're the greatest. We won the championship. We're the LA Lakers. We don't. We don't. We, we know you're not going to like us because we're beating you. When you're winning, you know that you're going to have people that don't like you because you're winning. But when you worry all day about what people think about you, unfortunately, that can make you into a perpetual loser. So part of the reason that some of our people are constantly losing is because they're constantly worried about things that literally don't matter at all. If you are black and you are doing well and you are taking care of your family and your life is good." Why do you care what those people think about you? Who taught you that their opinion matters more than your opinion? Who taught you that what they think about you matters more than what you think about yourself? Who taught you that you should listen to them before you listen to one of us? Who taught you that you should even care if some idiot on CNN like a Don Lemon or or, or in, any of his buddies says something about black people that you don't like? Or somebody on Fox News, some bigot on Fox News says something that that makes you mad. Why are you spending so much time obsessed? With what they're saying, do you understand that when you do that, you're giving them power? Do you understand that? that 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 really they say the opposite of love is hate, but that's not true. The opposite of love is not when you're triggered and reacting to somebody. The opposite of love is actually indifference. When, when like when if you have an ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend, and all you're doing is talking about how much you can't stand that person, and worried about what they're doing and who they're with and whether they're happy or not happy, what you're really showing, unfortunately, is how much you love that person. You you, you you claim it's hate, like you cloak it with hate or you cloak it with like, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight but I'm not going to let somebody do me like that. But really what you're showing is that that person still has a string on you. They're still pulling you emotionally like a little puppet. And so if you look around and you see who gets triggered the most, who gets emotionally manipulated the most, who gets dragged around by their nose the most, whose attention is easily taken the most, it'll be some of our people. I'm not going to say all of our people because I'm not going to put that label on everybody. Some of you in here are very smart. Some of you in here are living your life, doing your thing, building with your family, and you ain't tripping over what somebody else is saying about you. But some, many of our people, millions of our people have been trained to be white supremacists because you, you've, you've defined whiteness to be the gold standard. You've defined the gold standard to be acceptance from other people. Pay attention to how... Now, people get so excited when a black person gets accepted, like so-and-so got into a white university that, again, the school is going to take all their money, or so-and-so got an Academy Award, uh, which was actually an award that was made up by the uh, Hollywood executives. I, I read a book called How the Jews Invented Hollywood. It's a really great book about how Hollywood was built, and and they created the Academy Awards almost as an illusion. They said, look, let's give the actors some stupid award to validate them so that they won't ask for more money. They use the validation the false validation this is the next point they use false validation as a distraction so that the actors would not think about the money because the executive said we want the we want the paper we want the dollar bills we don't want actors coming in here demanding more money so let's create this stupid award so that we can give them we can flatter them give them flattery which will distract them from asking for money well in many cases that's exactly what they do with you they will either trigger you with fear or give you flattery to distract you from asking for the money. So when when so if you pay attention all throughout the election they avoided talking about the money. They would talk about police brutality. Oh my God, the cops are all going to kill you. And but they wouldn't talk about the money. They talk about the the virus. Oh my God, the virus is going to kill you. You gotta you gotta watch out. We you need our protection because the virus is going to kill you. So also they can stop talking about the money or they flatter you. Oh you know we're gonna um we're gonna make lift every voice. I think Jim, James Clyburn recently said we're gonna make lift every voice and sing into a national hymn. He did all that because he don't want to talk about the money. Right. So so in many cases, they will either scare you or flatter you. To get you to not talk about the money, and so for me, again, I'm a money guy, and I'm not a stupid guy, so I'm like, no, no, no let's get back to the money. You know, you, you, okay, you wanna, you wanna make lift every voice into the national hymn or whatever. I don't care, make it the national anthem for all I care. You can replace my country, Chisovie, with, the, with, with lift every. Voice. I don't care. Let's talk about the F you pay me, oh, you, oh, you wanna paint Black Lives Matter on the street? Well, that's great, but you're gonna have to clean up that street. If you pay me, oh, you wait, you, you're telling me cops are going to come kill me or whatever? Okay, okay, you're right. There's about 50 black men, unarmed black men per year, about 50 in a nation of 330 million people. There's 50 unarmed black men per year killed by the cops. But you know what? Uh, if you pay me, I'll get my own security, I'll get my own protection. I'll take my chances. F you pay me. Oh, you, oh cold, you know, the, the virus is going to kill everybody. Well, yeah, you're right. It's going to kill about one tenth of 1% of the population. That's just the actual number. If you take the total number of deaths divide by the total population size, that means 99.9% of us are going to survive. I, I know that they convince you that everybody's going to die, but that's not true. I, I'm, a, I'm a mathematician. I look at the numbers. 99.9% of us are going to survive. So I'll take my chances. If you pay me. Stop talking about this other stuff. If you, pay me. If you can't pay me, pay me first and then let's talk about all the other stuff. They talk about other things because they want to distract you from the real issue. They are scared to death, scared to death that one day you will actually gain enough self-esteem that you will stop caring what they think about you and you will stop falling for false flattery as a mechanism to distract you from talking about the money. Because the thing about America is that America is run by the money. It's all about the dollars, man. The dollars, the the, the paper is what gives you the power. Flattery doesn't mean nothing. Uh, them them allegedly passing the law, okay, sure, pass the law. Who cares? It's about the money. So, so, so let's keep going. So we're talking about white supremacy and just kind of what that idea sort of means and giving you some alternative ways to kind of look at it. So two things I've made, two points I wanted to make so far. One, the, Demo- the, the Republican Party is not the only group of white supremacists. The Democratic Party, who has neglected you for the last 60 years, uh, who has let your communities fall in complete disrepair, who won't even say the word reparations, they are white supremacists also because they, they too believe that Other groups deserve priority over you, direct priority over you. Number two, uh, a lot of black people are white supremacists because we sit around wasting valuable time that could be used to build our communities, to take care of our families, to build for ourselves. And we spend all that time worried about what some some ridiculous redneck thinks about black people. Why do you care what that person thinks about you? Are you really trying to go through life getting everyone to like you? Like, Is getting people to like you bad people to like you? Is that really a productive way to live your life? Would you want your child going to school where the only thing they think about is whether or not people like them? So that the, So the kid that beats them up and takes their lunch money says, well, I'll only be your friend if you give me your lunch money. Do you really want your child to be that kind of a, of a simp and a sucker where every day they give their lunch money away to the bully because they want the bully to like them. right? Well, well, that's what we end up looking like, is that literally we will give away all of our wealth. We will give away all of our power. We will give away all of our votes. We will give away all of our energy. We will give away our, our mental health. Also, we can get people to like us who have spent 400 years hating our guts. These are not people who uh, who just are neutral about you. These are people who have tried to harm you. You know, I I just I, I I can't like, you know, just if you just specifically go back to uh, say, let's talk about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So we don't make this partisan because they they want they want to trick you into making this a Democrat, Republican thing. No, Donald Trump is a guy who, who does not care about you. Uh, Donald Trump cares about Donald Trump. He does exactly what I think everybody should do. He takes care of himself. He takes care of his family and then everything else is negotiable. So so he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about those 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 hillbillies that all came up from Tennessee to go raise the capital on his behalf. He's a billionaire in New York City. What in the hell does he have in common with a country boy from Nebraska? Nothing, nothing at all. Right. Well, Joe Biden is doing exactly what I think you should do. Joe Biden takes care of his family. He takes care of his little crackhead son. He takes care of his uh, his other obligations. He takes care of his homeboys. He hung out with Strom Thurmond, very close, very close. They weren't, just, they, they weren't just associates. They were best buddies. Strom Thurmond, by the way, really, really disliked Black people. But even that doesn't offend me because I don't care if you dislike Black people. Because who cares? I don't need you to like Black people. I like myself. Why am I worried about you? You take care of yours, I'm going to take care of mine. Seriously, do you think that Asian people get up in the morning and say, my God, how are we going to make sure black people have jobs today? Right. Do you wake up in the morning and say, gosh, I'm really worried about the Jewish community. I really care about the Jewish community. I hope the Jewish community is OK. Right? If you if you think like that, then you're a sucker. So really, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's very childish. It's very childish that black people are the only group of people that literally go through life every day wondering if somebody else cares about us. Well, if you don't care enough about yourself. And guess what? No one cares about you. If you can't love yourself, then nobody loves you, right? So, 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 what I'm saying to you is that when I look at when I look at these guys, I, you know, you, you can point out everything you want to say about Trump. I don't care. Uh, I, 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 I'm willing to give you that, right? Because the the first trigger that I hear from people is, well, what about Trump? Trump is a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist. No, no, no. You don't understand. Joe Biden and Trump are in the same boat, pretty much. Trump is a guy uh, who um, makes a lot of money for his family. He takes care of the rich. Uh, He's um, he's he's a guy who's he's a narcissist. He's very selfish. He just kind of does what he wants to do for himself. He's he's not totally terrible. Sometimes maybe he does something good for somebody. He has a lot of black friends, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, But that's what it is. Joe Biden also has a lot of black friends. Joe Biden also actually wanted black people to go to prison more than Trump did. If you remember, I, I brought up that Biden crime bill, and I really encourage you to care about yourself enough. To really be as offended by the Biden crime bill as you are by what some hillbilly from Tennessee said about you or what Donald Trump, what you think Donald Trump said about you, right? Because I I think that the fact that we're not sensitive, that again, another sign of of, of the black version of white supremacy is the fact that I can tell you that Biden sent 100,000 black men or more to prison and you will overlook that. You will overlook that like it didn't even happen. Has anybody ever noticed that? How That black people again, as a sign of our white supremacy, will become hypersensitive to something that white people tell us to pay attention to, but will have no sensitivity whatsoever to a holocaust that the black community has experienced. Well, that is a sign of low self-esteem. That's like a that's like your your child who who can go through who can literally go you know get beaten and raped, and they act like that's not a big deal. But when somebody else says, "Well, I broke my finger today." Your child is really caught up and really sad for that person who broke their finger today. But no, they should also care about what happened to themselves, right? So this happened to you. This was your family. And 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 I and 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 so one of the baffling things about the political dialogue is how quickly we will overlook black pain. You know, almost as if, again, because because many of our people are white supremacists, we're waiting for white people to tell us it's okay to care about what happened to ourselves. Do you follow what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? I know sometimes I mean I you know some some for some people this conversation is going to really rattle them. It's going to maybe even almost I, I I hate saying it like this, but it honestly go over your head a little bit because the brainwashing is so deep. We are brainwashed to care about other people before we care about ourselves. So we are brainwashed to be white supremacists. We are brainwashed to literally be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, 100,000 black men going to prison. That's that yeah, well, you know, that happened a long time ago." But then you go, you know, they show you one guy, the white white folks are in media will put one guy up on screen and say, this one guy got shot by the cops. Oh my God, this is the most terrible thing in the world. And we will cry. We will change our Facebook status update. We will go and we will all watch the funeral on TV. Like that one person's death is, is literally the most important thing in the world. The worst thing that ever happened in, the, you know, in history. But you had a hundred thousand black people that were killed through mass incarceration or more. It's probably more than that. And, and it's like we don't even bat an eye. It's it's almost like we need somebody's uh, permission to care about ourselves, right? Like, like like because I can tell you what if CNN suddenly started really doing a deep dive on the incarceration issue and what that did to the black community, you would instantly find uh, millions of black people deeply concerned about what happened to black people. But instead. It's like, oh, well, you know, you weren't approved. You know, the reason that Ice Cube got so much resistance from so many black people, I believe, is because he did not get approval from white people to go and ask for something from black people. If if Ice Cube has shown up with the approval of a prominent white Democrat and said exactly what he said, millions of black people would have co-signed on what he was doing. Pay, pay attention. Keep think- keep follow. Stay with me now. I know I'm talking a lot, but I got to make this point. You know, again, going back to that definition, white supremacy is the idea that they matter more than you, that their opinions matter more than you, that they need to validate you. They need to give you and think about this. This is what's been going on your whole life. You've been getting validated by them your entire life. That's you know, in fact, without their validation, you don't even see it as legitimate. That's why, for example, if your cousin has a good job working at say, you know, IBM or Google, and they want to quit that good job at IBM or Google to go start a black-owned business, a lot of you are tempted to say. Well, that's not legit. That's not a big deal. What? Who cares? Why would you throw away that good job to go start your own business? Because you don't see that, you know, their black name on the business to mean as much as the big white name on the business, right? And, and so, um, so 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 what I'm saying, what I'm getting at here is that when you're talking about this term white supremacist, you have to be qualified to use that term. I I believe you should be qualified right? The same way that they, they, they seek to validate us, well, I believe I have the power to validate or not validate them. So I'm going to basically give you what I think, what, what I see as the Boyce Watkins validation that is required for you to use the term white supremacist if you're not black. To be qualified to use the term white supremacist, you can't be a white supremacist. You can't be a white supremacist trying to tell me that somebody else is a white supremacist. That's like a thief calling out another thief. No, y'all y'all both a couple of thieves. Y'all both stealing. What are you talking about? Like, no, no, no. So so so, so what so what does it mean to not be a white supremacist? Well, uh, part of not being a white supremacist should mean, at the very least, that when we have a conversation about reparations for slavery to help black people to achieve the equality we deserve, you're not gonna walk out of the room or want to change the discussion. You 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 know, to to not be a white supremacist should mean that when I tell you that black people have not moved forward collectively due to anything that's been done by the Democrats that I can think of, at least not economically speaking, that you're going to respond to that by doing something different from what you've done before. You won't do the same stupid pet tricks to steal black votes, to suppress black votes, because voter suppression is not just a Republican thing. Voter suppression, if you look at the broader definition of it, voter suppression isn't just somebody keeping you out of the polls. If I let you into the polls and tell you what to do and force you to, to do what I want you to do, then that's a form of voter suppression too. Do you follow what I'm saying? Again, this is these are complex, these are more complex ideas than what you get in media. That's why people resist them so much. That's why people get so mad at you know people like me. But I need you to challenge your thinking because if you don't challenge your thinking, you're gonna get exactly what you've been getting. You're going to make no progress, and you're going to continue to sit still, and you're not going to know why, and you're not going to realize that the the reason that the refrigerator is always empty is because the person who keeps telling you that the fridge is empty is actually stealing your food. That the person who tells you that they're protecting you from the bank robber is actually robbing the bank that you are sleeping with the enemy. That's why the enemy is able to get you so easily and you don't understand why, because they are playing chess and you are playing checkers. You are responding like Pavlov's dog to every trigger term they throw at you so that you look away, like white supremacists over there. You look away, they are picking your pocket while you're looking away. Because believe me, when Joe Biden and these other people are having conversations with with their allies and they're they're strategizing they're not talking about symbolism they're talking about about this they're talking about that paper they're talking about those dollar bills and so but but when they come talk to you they're not going to talk to you about the money they're going to give you the little children's conversation the children's conversation is one that's based on triggers symbolism false flattery and anything they can tell you that will get you to stop thinking about the things that the grown folks are talking about. The grown folks are talking about the money. That's why, for example, when um when that brother won uh down in um uh in Georgia, he needed a hundred and twenty four million dollars to win that Senate seat down down south, down south, in Georgia. I can't remember his name right now. Y'all have to write, type in the chat. I, can, I I He looked like a Warnock. Warnock, that's his name. Warnock had to get $124 million to run for Senate. So he couldn't sit around talking about symbolism. He had to talk about that paper. Okay. So by the way, do me a favor. If you could hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button, please, if you haven't done it yet. Uh, and also I, I should let you guys know this. Uh, tomorrow we're having our generational wealth conference in the Black Business School, uh, and we're going to cover things like wills and trusts and estate planning, uh, insurance. Uh, we're going to talk about tax strategies, real estate investing, stock market investing, and more. It's a whole weekend conference. It's digital, it, so you can join us online from anywhere in the world. So the URL is on the screen: generationalwealthconference.com. All right. So, so let me let me just kind of go into another thought that's probably going to trigger some people. Uh, that that it, it'll trigger people. Who, uh, who pretty much are stuck on old school thinking, right? Um, and, uh, and and so for those people that are triggered uh, by by my thought, I encourage you to come up with another fresh set of ideas. You have to have fresh ideas. You cannot come up with the same stuff that was used 5, 10, 20 years ago because you know that that's not worked, right? So you can't come up and tell me that our ancestors died for us to vote for the Democrats or whatever. You can't come up and tell me that, that the Republicans are a bunch of racists. I don't care about that. Uh, you can't come up and tell me That uh, that if you don't vote, you don't count. You know things like that. These are things that have been told to Black people for sixty years, Uh, and these are the ways that Black that Black people have been voter suppressed, trapped into supporting things that we don't really believe in, things that don't benefit us. So we know that's not going to work. So the only way you can actually even get my attention, because I'm not easily triggered, I'm not easily distracted by things that don't matter, right? The only way you could get me to pay attention is if you come up with a set of ideas that differs. From the same ideas that have failed us for the last 60 years. I don't want to go out and and be rolling over my grave like Malcolm X is right now. Malcolm X is a guy who, uh, a brilliant guy, who gave a ballot or the bullet speech in 1964 that was so on point that that same speech could be given today. In 1964, Malcolm X talked about how black people are manipulated into giving our vote away to people who do not put you at the top of their priority list. He talked about in 1964, in the ballot of the bullet speech, Malcolm X said that black people are being fooled into being triggered by false by, by these white supremacist allegations that are being thrust by white supremacists, that literally you're being told that the white supremacists are over there when the white supremacist is also right next to you and when the white supremacist is actually inside of you. Malcolm X, 60 years ago, basically said a lot of the same things I'm saying right now. So one of the things I I, I think we have to require is that anything that you come to me, if you come, if you want to argue with me, argue with me, that's fine. I don't care about that. I'm not offended by new ideas. But, But what I need you to do is come at me with something that is different so we can get a different outcome. Like they say, you know, they say the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. Well, you are, some of you, some of us, some of our people are insane. They are literally insane. They just screwed in the head to the point where where they really think that every single election, we can do the exact same thing we did last time and get a different result. Uh, so so let me um, let me jump in and, and I'll throw a couple, uh, one more point at you that, you know, when you talk about this term white supremacy, um, when you talk about uh, the white supremacy of the riots in uh, D.C., right uh, i'm not going to say that there weren't white supremacists there i don't know if they think they're superior to me or not it doesn't matter to me uh it, you know if a white guy comes up and says i think i'm superior to you then i might return and say well you know what i'm the original man uh i think i think our people are superior so there you go we have we just going have to have to agree to disagree what he thinks about me has no bearing on what i think about my, myself I'm not interested in giving him a superior position in my life. I am not a white supremacist. So just because you're white doesn't mean I'm going to give you a position where your view of me is supreme to my view of myself. Oh, so, so, so that's, that's, that's the first thing. So the the second thing though, is that even though I, we can definitely say that there might've been some white supremacists in that, uh, in that thing that happened in Washington, I think that what you got to realize too is that there was also white supremacy present, fully present in the riots that occurred this summer. Uh, the difference is that in, in DC, you had white supremacists. If you want to talk about the white supremacist angle, uh, you had white supremacists perhaps that were on the right. And uh and in the summer, you had white supremacists that were on the left. If you if you spend time around, I have spent time in the South. I've lived, I grew up in Kentucky, I've been around, you know. Uh, backward hillbillies who didn't wear shoes and and you know maybe they married their cousin. I, I I've been I've seen all of that right and uh, and also I've been in the north. I've been around the latte sipping liberals. I've been all through New York City. I've been on CNN over a hundred times, so I know the latte sipping liberals from Yale and Harvard University that um you know that that think that they that their ideas are better than everyone else. And and what I can tell you is that I've seen good people in both of those spaces. I've seen uh, backward country folks. With shotguns on the back of their truck, who literally treated me as well or better than some of the black people I know. Uh, and a lot of it might have been because uh, they didn't care that I was black or white. What they cared more about is that I could identify with their core values of God and family and everything else, right? And the, and I've also met white folks in the North who were very good people uh, who treated me extremely well. But I've also met people in both spaces that treated me poorly. Uh, One of my most racist experiences, actually, was uh, when I was at Syracuse University, where I endured uh, a type of white supremacy that I subjected myself to, where in this university, white people were superior, supreme, supremacy. Let's go back to that root word now. They, They had a superior, supreme position in the institution, which meant that their ideas mattered more than my ideas. That when I'd show up saying, I want to do something for the black community, I was told that that's not as important as what they were doing for the white community. I was told, again, white supremacy, that their ideas mattered more than my ideas. This did not come from Republicans. This did not come from people on the right. This came from people on the left. Because what what's ultimately true in human nature is that people are going to tend to care about themselves more than they care about other people. Uh, people are going to take care of their own before they take care of your own. Right, uh, give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of you would take care of your family before you take care of my family? Yeah, give me a yes or no. How many of you would take care of your kids before you take care of somebody else's kids? Give me a yes or no. How many of you would take care of your community before you take care of somebody else's community? So so if, if some if the answer is for those of you who answered yes, well, then obviously somebody could come along and say you are a black supremacist because you are, you be- because if there's a hundred dollars on the table, you you and your family would take eighty of the dollars and only give um, the the Asian man's family twenty dollars. Well, you would say, well, you know what? This is my hundred dollars. I'm gonna take my money. You can get your own. You go get. You take care of your kid. I'm I'm feeding my kids first. That's just all. That's the way it's gonna be, right? So so what tends to happen in institutions of any form, whether it's a family, a church, a business, a a, a, a media outlet is that people take care of their own before they take care of other people. And I think that what's happened with many of our people is that we were fed this myth that somehow led us to believe that people would take care of us as quick as they take care of their own, which is an absolute contrast to human nature. So when I was at Syracuse University, the white supremacy I saw there was that they were like, look, this is our school. White guys built this school we built it based on our values, the things that matter to us. And, and we, you know, we're just inviting you in. You're an invited guest into our institution. If you want to have power to do what we do, then you got to go build your own. Right. So that was what led me to create the Black Business School. And the Black Business School, Black people are first. We are B1 every day, all the time. Right. It doesn't matter who, what you believe or where you come from, if you're Asian, white, or what, nothing against you. But in this space, the Black community is what matters most right? So so, it, so if I'm going to get mad at them, I should get mad at myself. I'm not going to get mad at myself so I don't get mad at them. You got yours, I got mine. Ownership is the key. That's the point I'm getting at. And the, the white supremacy that I saw in Kentucky, which again, I subjected myself to that because I was trying to get into their companies and their institutions and <clears throat> rise to the top of their ladder. It, it was a different kind of white supremacy where, you know, uh, if, if the white guy runs, um, you know, he runs, runs the auto repair shop, uh, and I go in and I work at the same shop as his son, he's going to promote his son over me, even if I'm better at fixing cars than his son is. Um, The local government, Uh, you know, black people only got certain positions in local government if they were pursuing the agenda that was set by the guys at the top who tended to be white. When I was at University of Kentucky, uh, we always knew whenever they promoted a black person, we were always suspicious of that black person because we knew that that black person only got that promotion because they're going to do whatever the white people above them were telling them to do. It it would be rare that a black person would come in and say, I'm going to put black people first in this big white university. That never worked. That person would get fired very quickly. So, so what I would say to you is that when you talk about supremacy, you know, white supremacy, I, I encourage you to, to consider, think outside the box and realize that first of all, some of the white supremacy that's out here, you don't actually have to acknowledge it or submit to it. Right. Now now there are some areas where white supremacy is allowed and that we go along with, like so you talk about police, right? If there's a white supremacist cop who's interacting with a black person, then that's clearly a problem. Right. So maybe the question becomes, why do you have white cops patrolling black neighborhoods anyway? So maybe politically that's what we fight for instead of instead of somehow uh, just getting triggered by every time there's a bad interaction between a cop and a black person. Maybe you say, well, why are why, why do we have a system where white cops? can uh, be all over a black neighborhood, but we never have a scenario where black cops are all over a white neighborhood. And that might be a, a something to take up, you know, an issue to take up with uh, the Democratic Party, right? Which comes back to control, right? Who's controlling this whole thing, right? So if I go to the Democratic Party and I say, you know, I'm tired of this white supremacy, and, and they say, well, you know what? We're gonna, we agree with you. There is white supremacy and racism in the police department. So we're going to hire more black police officers that's not good enough, right? Uh, how about you let black people control who polices our communities? How about we, uh, in black, in certain neighborhoods that are majority black, uh, we get all the, we get the entire police budget and get to pick our own police force? How about that, uh, right? Or, or, it, it, or if you say, look, we're tired of white supremacy in um, in corporations that we work for, and they say, well, we we're, we're eliminating that. We're going to do anti racism training for the management, and we're going to give more opportunities to black people that's not good enough. That's not going to solve the white supremacy issue. What will solve the issue is to say, how about you pay us our 15 trillion in reparations and let us own the whole damn company, right? This is not going to work. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work. And the reason it's not going to work is because they're playing above the rim they're thinking, no, well, wait a minute. We will give you opportunities to participate in something that we've got going on, but we don't want you actually running the show. We will let you uh, sit in the car with us and maybe you can even sit in the front seat, but we've got to drive the car and we have to own the car. If we don't drive the car and we don't own the car, then what incentive do we have to to support you and to help you if you're taking if you're taking all the control back away from us? And that's when you get into a fight. Right. So if you're dumb enough, if you're not if you're not thinking, if your brain is shut off enough to the point where you will settle for either symbolic uh, something symbolic or you will settle for just sort of passive participation in a system that is controlled by other people, then effectively what you've done is you've f- submitted yourself to white supremacy. You, have, you inherently are a white supremacist. So you say, for example, uh, look, we don't need any, I'm not worried about getting a black owned university. I just want to get admitted into a white school as a black person. I want to go to that school, give them $200,000 in my family wealth let them decide what, what education to put in my brain, and then let them prepare me to go work for another white person so I can build wealth for a white business owner instead of building wealth for myself. Well, in fact, you are a white supremacist, and not only are you a white supremacist, but you're deeply, more deeply embedding yourself into white supremacy. You're, you're doubling down on the white supremacy because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a situation where you have no control and no power, right? You got to understand that supremacy is kind of a Uh, A a conditional sort of thing. It's a system specific sort of thing. So, for example, um, you know, Chinese supremacy is not a problem in my life. You know, I don't. I'm not spending each day worried about what Chinese people think, whether they think Chinese people are superior to Americans or not. If they think they're supreme, it doesn't matter, right? But what if I moved to China? What if I moved to China and went to a Chinese school, uh, lived in a Chinese neighborhood, and worked for a Chinese business and lived under a Chinese political system? Well then, at that point, Chinese supremacy will be a real problem for me. Uh, I, I either, either, either I go with the flow, and and maybe I get some limited opportunities because I'm going along with the flow, or I get rejected by the system entirely. Right now, is that because Chinese supremacy is inherently a terrible thing? No, um why why wouldn't Chinese people put themselves first in their own economic system? Why like if I'm if I'm a Chinese man, I'm running a Chinese business in China, why shouldn't Chinese people matter? Uh, one of the specific doctrines of Chinese culture, one of the ways they measure your quality as a Chinese uh, citizen is do you put China first? Are you there? Yo, know, we're B one, they're C one, right? So 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 inherently Chinese supremacy isn't inherently a bad thing. What would be naive and weird to just pretty fucking strange, is if an American came to China and said, you know, I expect you to treat me as well as you treat Chinese people. Like, I don't know the language. I don't know the culture. I don't have no respect for the culture. Um, I don't have any resources of my own. But I, so I surrender to you. I have to be in your system. But I expect you to value American culture as much as you value Chinese culture. I expect you to treat me as an American the same as you treat somebody who's born and raised in China. Do you think? Give me a yes or no. Do you think that they would go for that? Give me a yes or no. Do you think that they would, that that would make any sense in the world? Like, give me a yes or no. Would they get that? Would they would they say, you know, you're right because we believe in equality, we will treat Americans as well as we treat the Chinese people. Yes or no? I need a yes or no. Simple question, I need a simple answer. So, so what I'm trying to help you understand is that you've really been hoodwinked and bamboozled. You've been fooled. You've been lied to. You've been tricked. Uh, You've been tricked into doubling down and tripling down on a system that puts you at a huge disadvantage and then falsely led to believe that that disadvantage is going to be alleviated by the very people who benefit the most from that disadvantage. If I am a white Democrat and I can steal black votes by lying to you and making the same promise to you over and over again and promising you that one day I'm going to treat you well, then why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I go to the dumbest common denominator? I got the black preachers. I got the radio show hosts. I got the entertainers on lock. I have them all under various forms of economic slavery. I don't need to listen to a Boyce Watkins. I can give the middle finger to an ice cube because why would I do that when I've got millions of people, millions of other white supremacists who happen to have black faces who will back me up at every available turn? Why would I change my behavior one bit? So, so, so I think that when you're talking about the word white supremacy, I just really think at the very least, in order for a person to accuse some other group of being white supremacists, they have to be qualified. And as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody on the left who's qualified to even use that term white supremacist as it relates to another political party because they themselves haven't proven that they're not white supremacists themselves. But also, uh, I encourage you to kind of understand that there's a deeper issue kind of going on here. When you talk about America, um, you know, you, you see all these riots and you see all this this division and chaos going on. The deeper issue that's that's actually really kind of uh, even more complex that that people aren't paying attention to, is that the bigger problem in America is inequality. That's really your issue. Uh, What you have is you have people that don't really care a whole lot, nearly as much about race as they care about money. Money is what drives everything. Money matters more than race. Money matters more than democracy. Uh, A a white millionaire will treat a black millionaire better than they will treat a poor white person. That's just a fact. Uh, when, when Robert Smith the billionaire or Bob Johnson the billionaire gets with his billionaire white buddies they don't they're they, you know they, they sure maybe they' maybe there's a little bit there because of race or whatever but but they're gonna treat him well like oh you're it's billionaire to billionaire like we're both part of the elite we're both part of the one percent they're gonna you know you're gonna get treated well uh, so so what what's really happening in America is that the gap between the one percent and everybody else has has really grown the 1% are controlling i think 70 75% of all the wealth in this country or maybe it's maybe it's not 75% i got to double check that number but i think it might actually be over 70% i got to double check but it's it's massive it's absolutely massive and so what you got on the on the on the left is you got uh poor blacks and you got some poor whites and then you've got maybe some liberal whites who kind of care about poverty right on the right You've got uh, poor whites, mostly poor whites, a few black people, but a lot of poor whites. You know that toothless hillbilly from from Tennessee who drove up for for the the thing that happened in, in DC, right? And uh, and 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 what's 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 occurring? It's like a triangle, right? So you got the poor whites over here, the poor blacks, and and the liberals over here, and then you've got the the one percent up here, the, you know, who split themselves into Democrat, Republican, et cetera. And so what happens is. Because this group up here is controlling media, they're controlling messages, they're controlling language, they're controlling resources. They're getting the people on this side to fight against the people on that side. They're getting uh, the the white, the poor white conservative to fight against the poor white liberal. They're getting the poor black kid from the hood to fight against that 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 country boy conservative that, that he doesn't like because he drives a pickup truck and has a Confederate flag or whatever, right? Which maybe, you know, I'm not condoning any of that. I'm just saying that's what it what is. But really the thing about it is, remember I told you guys earlier, when you're talking about supremacy and all these other things, what that hillbilly from Tennessee thinks about you usually does not matter. Uh, you know, again, if they were going around exterminating thousands of Black people, like if you told me, like for example, people get riled up about the Proud Boys, and my first thought was, okay, let me research the Proud Boys. Let me see how many thousands of Black people the Proud Boys have killed in the last month. I couldn't find any. I, I let, let me find video of a group of Proud Boys saying we hate Black people. I couldn't find anything. I saw a Proud Boys saying we hate Antifa. I saw a Proud Boys saying, you know, we don't like. Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter is pretty much Antifa in blackface, right? So, so it's the it's the liberalism and conservative thing that, that they're kind of fighting about. I don't really see as much racial stuff in there, right? But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It means I it, it's hard to see. I don't really see that. So what I really see, though, is I see the elite kind of manipulating narratives to get poor people to fight against poor people. So the best way to describe it is like this. Um, somebody told me this joke. Actually, Yvette Carnell told me this joke back when me and Yvette used to be friends. I don't know why we weren't, we aren't friends anymore. I, I wish Yvette would call me because I'd love to figure out <laughs> why she was so mad at me, but it's okay. It's okay. I don't think Yvette's a stupid person. She told me this joke one time that I thought was really funny. She said there was uh at a table, there was a rich guy, a black, a poor black guy and a poor white guy sitting at a table. And there was 10 cookies on the table. And the uh, and, and so what what the rich guy does is he takes nine of the ten cookies, so there's one cookie left on the table, and he whispers to the white guy that Negro is trying to steal your cookie, right? And so the white guy, and so the guy gets pissed off because he thinks that that guy stole his cookie because he's getting them to play checkers. He doesn't he he doesn't understand he should be playing chess and say, well, why were there ten cookies before and you've got nine of them? How did you get nine cookies? and we're fighting over one cookie, we should all be sharing the 10 cookies together, right? Or at the very least, uh, if you're taking half the cookies, maybe we could split five cookies between each other or six. We shouldn't be splitting one cookie. So in America, that's the bigger issue that I really see is that you're trying to split one cookie. Pay attention now. Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, Republican Democrat, have a combined net worth of almost a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, They were making about $20, 30000000 million a month combined. they d- During the pandemic, they weren't struggling financially. When the governor of Illinois shut down the whole state and shut off everybody's job, he got on a private jet with his family and flew down to their mansion in Florida. Because the thing is that they will put you through things that they would never put themselves through. They will send your child to war and never send their own kids, right? They will tell you, that, that, that a $600 check should be enough when they can't even imagine living off a $600 check over a six, eight, nine month period. So the reason you're seeing protests and all the chaos in America now is because you've got a bunch of people who've been starved out, left to suffer, and also they've been kept home from work. So all they have time to do is sit around and reflect on how pissed off they are right a lot of people are doing things now that they didn't do before the pandemic because before the pandemic they had they they got they went to work every day they had a sense of purpose they had things going on right uh, so so even 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 people even our allies you know like somebody like an ice cube i believe again i got to ask cube this but but cube in fact he actually said this when when ice cube came on on the channel he said that before he was busy out touring he was out doing stuff you know and then the pandemic happened he stuck at home that's when he had time to reflect. And so he's looking at the black community and he's thinking that all these things that he thought black leadership was taken care of weren't being taken care of. So he said, you know, I'm Ice Cube, I'm world famous. Let me use my power for something that's gonna benefit black people. That probably wouldn't have happened had it not been for the pandemic. Now, so the darker side of that, though, is you had that person who worked in the factory or they had the job down at the daycare or they worked at Applebee's and they, and they were making enough money to get by. And so even though the system was rigged and unfair, they were still able to be OK in that system. They had a sense of purpose. They had something to do. And now you shut down that job. They have no income. Uh, which 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 has caused some of these people, their lives have crumbled because of it. Uh, this man, maybe he lost his wife because of this. Maybe his, you know, he's been evicted out of his home because of this. Uh, he's he's been sitting at home drinking and and using opioids all day long, right? He's super depressed. He's pissed off. Well, that's the recipe for revolution. That that's when that's when you have people rioting in the streets because you you push people to rock bottom. Americans. Uh, for the most part, have been pretty calm and docile when it comes to kind of protesting in the street, burning things down, busting windows. The French are more uh, likely to be revolutionary than Americans are. And the reason Americans are not all that radical in general is because we we live pretty good. We have a decent amount of wealth and and, and people have something to do. But when you took all that away, suddenly you have people that are ready to get arrested. You have people that are ready to get shot for what they believe in. They're ready to go out and burn something down and tear something up. And and that makes me really sad. And and, and if you want to know my prediction on where things are going to go in this country, I believe it's going to get worse. Uh, I, because I believe, because I, I know that that the the, that the 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 elite again, the wealthy elite who tend to be on the left who control the digital technology, I know they feel like they made a power play and a gangster move by chopping down Donald Trump and then chopping down all people affiliated with him, and then they're even chopping off people who have dissenting opinions, like the Vicky Dillards and the Louis Farrakhan's, et cetera. I know that the hornet's nest, right? You have literally. Um, taking a, a, groups of people that were already feeling upset and marginalized and you've marginalized them further and tried to eliminate them further. And I think, and I'm a believer that the more you suppress something, right, the more you suppress something, the more it's going to flare up when it finally gets out. So, so a lot of these people, so you got to be really careful because a lot of these people that maybe before were scared to pick up a gun, now they're ready to pick up a weapon or maybe they were scared to form a, do, do a full military formation. Now they're going back to whatever training they learned when they were fighting in the war in Iraq, and 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 it's it's one thing if you're getting really extreme people, but when you're sort of going after 80 million people, you you're getting like people that have mainstream jobs—you know, police officers, firefighters, um, Olympic gold medalists. I think there was an Olympic gold medalist that got arrested, right? So these are not the—you know—this th- is not Al Qaeda, right? Al Qaeda lived um, in in another country across the world. And these were people that we didn't really understand that well as Americans. And they were people that had a hard time getting at us because they weren't sort of in our systems, et cetera. These are people that are in our systems. These are people that live next door to us. These are people that are right down the road. These are people that are in the military. These are people that are in the police force. And, and, and what I, what I have heard, this is where I disagree respectfully with with some of my friends is that it ain't always just about like a white supremacy thing. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not saying that it can't, that it's not related but I think they use the term white supremacy as a dog whistle to make sure you stay under the under the control, under the thumb of the Democratic Party. They use that term loosely without respect for what that term would really mean or or, you know, or the term racist without respecting the term, because, again, they're racist, they're white supremacists, too. We already proved that. Right. So so you're, you're having racist white supremacists call other people racist white supremacists so that you'll just get on their side of the fight when the reality is that the racism and white supremacy is everywhere. And I don't believe that every person who was either fighting at the Capitol or burning down buildings this summer was doing it because they don't like black people. Uh, again, I'm not saying that they love black people. You know, I, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that I think that they're thinking about themselves. I think that they're thinking about what they want. They're, they're thinking about how mad they are at their politicians. They're thinking about the fact that they believe Trump won the election. But I didn't hear anybody saying the reason we attack the Capitol is because we don't like black people. I just didn't see that. Right. And, and and I think the reason Joe Biden gets away with convincing you that that's the case is because you identify Biden and Kamala as your heroes, as your saviors. Uh, but I, I don't identify them as my saviors, because how can you be my savior when you spent most of your career trying to get people like me locked up? And also what I say to those who have an issue with what I said is, why do you not care enough about what, how can you be overly sensitive about maybe one guy being shot by the cops, but you have no concern or you have very little to say when I say, well, 100,000 black men died in prison or whatever, or were raped in prison or were beaten in prison or were taken away from their families? Like, how can you not be sensitive to that? How can you act like I'm overreacting because I bring that up? I think that the reason people react that way is because of something psychologists call cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when somebody says something that is so different from your your brainwashing, right? You've You've been led to believe one thing. They tell you something that is completely different from what you're saying. So rather than being able to or willing to do the hard work to adjust your thinking, you just get mad. You just get pissed off because it's easier for me to tell you to shut up. Than it is for me to say, keep talking, help me understand this better. So again, like like Sir Coach is saying, you're digging a hole with your rhetoric, right? I agree that that's exactly the rea- reaction I expect because there are so, there are a lot of our people who don't understand how deep the the white supremacist brainwashing goes. If you read a book like um, Black Labor, White Wealth, Doctor Anderson does a great job of specifically documenting how black people were specifically and strategically trained to be weapons of white supremacy. You are weapons of mass destruction in the support of white supremacy. Like You don't even know it. They planted the bomb inside your body and you're looking for the bomb and literally you are the bomb. You are the weapon. Right? You're looking for the weapon, but you are the weapon. So so um I, I encourage those of you who get some of what I'm saying who are trying to hear this. I know I talked for a while, but this was really on my mind. And I kind of thought it would be uh in contrast to the nonsense that you that we hear so often where people just make these stupid dog whistle terms, you know, dog whistle statements. I think I thought it would be fun to do a deep dive and really kind of talk about it a little bit and to say, like, what are we really dealing with? And the ultimate goal, and, and again, this is my last point on this. The ultimate goal is to say how do we elevate the conversation how do we go from just you know republicans are racist you know i, I used to do that actually when i was 25 i did that when i used to write my articles i used to say all the republicans are racist which inherently meant i was saying that the democrats are okay and, and eventually i've never it wasn't like i stopped thinking that the republicans had racism it was that my thinking evolved in terms of realizing wait a minute there's racism all over the system like they're all over the place and then the other thought was I said, well, why am I spending so much time worried about what white people think anyway? Why am I not thinking about what I think about myself? Why am I not worried about what I can do for myself, right? So this is like an an empowered kind of thinking that really is only going to work for maybe about 10% of black people, because unfortunately, the self-esteem is very low. um, The critical thinking skill is extremely low. Uh, because they deliberately minimize the amount of critical thinking you're supposed to do, so that's why um, you'll have you know a couple, a few thousand people that will listen to what I say, but you'll have a million people that will listen to someone else who simply repeats what you've heard since you were little. So, uh, but that's okay. I'm looking for the talented 10s I'm looking for those people that are seriously saying, "Okay, this doesn't. I don't like this. I don't want to be stuck in the loop." I want to make progress. And I'm just telling you that if you don't start dissecting terms like white supremacy, how easily they flip those words around, how easily they, they, they sort of use it for their own purposes, the selfishness that these people have, the way that you're being manipulated consistently and promised everything and given nothing. Um, if you're not willing to take that time to do that, then what'll happen is your children are going to be complaining about the same things you're going to complain about. And I'm going to tell you like this, my kids won't be complaining. My kids are going to be empowered. So uh, some of you who are going to have empowered kids, raise your hand. Um, I believe that you're to, you're doing the right thing. So that's my two cents for today. Thank you for listening. Um, I know I went for a while, but I really had to get this off my chest and I hope that this helps somebody. And I wasn't intending to be mean. If you disagree with me, then fine, disagree. I don't care. Say what you want to say, but just know certain arguments I'm just not going to hear because I've heard them a thousand times. Uh, so anyway, I'm out of here. Hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you want a free e-copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. That's allblackeconomics.com. So feel free to go there and uh, you can have the book. It's totally free. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Talk to you later. Peace.